Well, here we are again. Middle of the night. Everybody's kind of going to bed. Things are quiet. And, and I've been left alone with myself. Which is not a bad deal. Because I am not bad company. At least I don't think so. But I'm more happy that some of you have joined in. Have an opportunity to kind of listen to what I have to say. And more importantly as I find a way to help you communicate, want to know what you think. My focus, stated focus, is retirement. And people say, well, what is retirement? And I say to myself, do I want to talk to reti about retirement? Or do I want to talk about life? And for me, Retirement is life. It's a different phase of life. And it's one that we prepare for many, many years before we ever really get into it. We don't really understand or make ourselves understand that retirement is something that you plan for. Not when you decide to do it, but before you begin to start thinking about it. Now, what does that mean? We all think about retirement at some point in time in our careers, our lives, whatever. And we say, when I retire, boy, I'm going to do this. When I retire, I'm going to do that. And uh, as we start moving toward retirement, the first thing we start doing is thinking about, well, how am I going to finance this? Because uh, at our age is at nine. I'm 81. I look at people who seem to be doing very, very successfully at their retirement. And in writing the book, Don't Retire to Expire, I had the opportunity to speak with probably over 200 people over a course of two years about retirement, what it meant to them, and all of the different aspects of retirement. And it was really amazing, as I've said before, that there seems to be a pattern not a pattern of stagnation, but a pattern of imagination of what we're going to do. Uh, I ask people, uh, say particularly men, women are usually smarter than men, and they do a much better job of setting up for retirement and thinking about it. But let's just take this aspect of male retirement. The first thing I do as I'm a life coach, and I do retirement for a living and for a hobby, whatever you want to do it. It's more of a hobby because I ain't making a whole lot of money at it. But it gives me an opportunity to really talk to people about retirement. And that encompasses their whole life and our whole life experiences of what retirement means to us. And we share this. It just takes a little bit of coaching to get them to start talking about it. But once they start talking about it, it seems that there's a pattern that develops. Some are really prepared for retirement. They started saving many, many, many years ago. They got 401ks. They've got housing plans available. They really understand where they want to go, what they want to do. And uh, so I kind of lead off and saying, okay, well, let's talk about this a little bit. One of the things I hear talk about, especially guys, because 
like I say, women, they take care of themselves. Women are much smarter than we think they are or give them credit for being. And uh, I've talked with somebody, a guy who's going to retire, and it depends upon his economic background or where he is at this particular point in time. But I'm just going to kind of use these kind of examples of what I talk about and interviewing them and primarily when I was doing the writing of the book. First of all, men, uh, us guys, when we started thinking about retirement and we were, say perhaps, at a pretty good level uh, economically, and uh, we had been doing it with partners uh, that we work with, people that we live next to, and so we made these plans about these great retirement plans, and it, I asked, okay, what is the first thing that you want to do, or what is one of the activities that you want to do in terms of retirement? And it kind of turned out to be this, and it was kind of the same answers at the same time. Excuse me for kind of smiling. But what happened was, guys normally, well, they had three very distinct categories of what they wanted to do when they want to retire. One was the golfers. Now, these were the guys who, uh, executive types and not so executive types, guys who started playing with other guys because they stopped running around on a basketball court, court uh, playing tennis, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, well, what do you want to do? And uh, the general answer was, well, I want to travel or I want to play golf. That was another one. Play golf was kind of the number one. Uh, then they want to they want to fish. Okay, and what's the third one was that was the guy that wanted to travel. So I would get into the interview and go through the coaching phase of what I was doing, and I would kind of ease into it. And I said, "Well, okay, uh, here." Let me give you an idea of what I think about is going to happen to you. And you tell me if I'm wrong or not. First of all, if you're a golfer and you have the wherewithal or the ability to, you're going to move next to a golf course or you're going to live on a golf course. And you're going to belong to the country club and all those other amenities that kind of poke poke their head up. And then what happens is you end up golfing. Two, three times a week, four times a week, three or four times a month, six times a month. And then you find out at the middle of this, somewhere along the line, golfing puts you at a disadvantage. Or what happens is you really become and find out for yourself that you're a lousy golfer. Okay, number one. Guys that want to go fishing, love it on the water, have enjoyed fishing over the course of things, then salmon fishing, and then they make the ultimate mistake of a fisherman and you buy a boat and maybe you have it in the lake or on the ocean front and you have it trailer to your house and you put it up in back of the garage or something like that. And after the first year, two years, it becomes too much of a hassle to take this boat and put it on a trailer, drive it down to the dock, take it out, 
go out and fish and drown worms and so on and so forth. And the third is a guy that says, I don't want to be bothered with all of that. What I'm going to do is I want to travel. I said, okay, now that's a great start. Now, first of all, you're going to find out if you're a golfer that you're a lousy golfer. So what are you going to do? You stop golfing? But, yeah, it's not as much fun as much as it what had been in the past. If you're a fisherman and you, at the point in time that you're tired of drowning worms, and especially if you bought a boat, and you've got that boat. Oh, boat is kind of like, to me, uh, for fishing, is one of the worst investments you could ever make. Because, like I said, after about a year, two years of dragging it down to the lake or wherever it is, and what you do is you just let it sit there, and everybody says, oh, that's a nice boat you got. They don't ask you when was the last time you used it, and you don't really want to talk about it because, really, it gets to be further and further off as you look about it. And then there's a guy who wants to travel. He wants to go to Italy. He wants to go to, oh, China. He wants to go to Germany. He wants to go to Constantinople and all of that kind of stuff like that. But it becomes a limitation that he soon, soon has to understand. If you're over 65 years of age and you travel and you're going to be out of pocket, so to speak, you can't be more than 100 yards from a bathroom. So what you going to do? And these are the things that kind of like we look at comedically, but are not. These are the realities. These are for guys like women. Well, what do women do? First of all, during the course of their lives, their business lives, they form relationships with other women. And they belong to book clubs. They belong to travel clubs. They belong to things where they volunteer at the uh, senior citizen's home and things that keep them involved with their community. They've had children, perhaps, and they've had these children and they've been to the meetings there, the Girl Scouts or the Boy Scouts or whatever it is. They've taken the kids to soccer, and these, oh, that's another whole thing. That's another whole thing, the soccer thing. Ooh, I, man, when I was playing as a kid growing up, and we played what we call sandlot football or sand, sandlot baseball, we really meant it. It was sandlots. We didn't have uniforms. I mean, I look at now some of the parents who have their children enrolled in these athletic programs, and they're quite expensive. I speak with one person, a young lady that I was talking with, and we were talking about what it takes to support their children. And I found out that they were spending, as a family, were spending seven, I'm sorry, six, seven, six to seven thousand dollars a year just to keep their child engaged in that particular activity. Um, baseball, soccer, uh, whatever you want to call it. But they had to, they, in fact, one of the things that was really funny, it wasn't really funny, but it was a reality. A woman who had gone to school, had gotten a master's degree, uh, was a, thinking of becoming a lawyer, but she had to defer that simply because of the fact that what happened, somebody had to drive those kids 
to practice. They then we came uh, up with this thing where they have traveling uh, contests, where they have traveling teams. So they're spending their weekends driving from 30 to 50, 60 miles an hour or get 60 miles from where they live to get to some point because a child was playing soccer, child was playing badminton, child was playing, oh, you know, any number of things the child was playing. But they could not afford for her not to be there to support the child and the cost of traveling kind of unraveled as a cost and all of a sudden they're caught up in it and here we go. Can't stop. Fast forward to the years now where the kids are growing up, hopefully going to school, got job, and are out. And some cases, hopefully, move out of the house, try their journeys in, at college or wherever it is. And again, that's another thing. Every child is not going to be a college student or a master's doctorate or something like that. Some of them need to be led to understand that they make what they want. Don't let the, uh, how can I say, don't let somebody tell them they have to be this. Have them, have them pursue their dreams. And they'll make mistakes and they'll do the things that they have to do. Let them encourage them. The most important thing is let them seek out for themselves those things that will give them the most satisfaction. Uh, we're in a point in time in our history, in our lives, where the role of parenting is much different. Um, one of the things that has made it different is the fact that they no need longer need parenting. And they no longer need uh, following of a rule of study, whatever it is, and they learn from a very, very, very uh, early age that the computer, the cell phones are king, and they forget the one thing that well, they never learned the one thing that we learned, which was socialization. I've seen, and I go to restaurants or places that I'm out, and I, one restaurant in particular, I remember not too long ago, uh, I was sitting there having a dinner with a friend of mine, and I looked over at this family had come in, uh, mother, father, and uh, three children. They sat down and got their water, et cetera, et cetera, and immediately all five of them, picked up their telephones and started looking at the phones down. They not, through the time that I gave them, I guess maybe I was kind of overseeing them as a little bit and being nosy, I never saw them talk to each other. Well, this would never do in my uh, looking at going out for dinner, my working with my children and talking to them. Uh it says something entirely different in this phase of our lifetime and what are we doing. So you have to look at retirement, not just for yourself, but you have to have some kind of idea of what it is you want to retire to. 
my book, Don't Retire to Expire, is not built upon people giving people the answers to questions that they might have about retirement. It's not about financing whatsoever. It's about lifestyle development for you, your spouse, your family, your kids, and your life. And it is dedicated to getting you to the point in time of asking yourself the questions. I don't give you the answers. That's not my objective. My objective is to get you to begin to start thinking about what it is that you really want to do in retirement. It doesn't have to be hard copy, but you should start thinking what are the advantages of what you want to do? What are the uh, points that kind of bring you back? Is it going to cost this much? Do you really want to do this? Um, I'll get into this in later segments in terms of the things that I've found over the two years that I interviewed probably over 200 people and some of the questions they had and some of the things, more importantly, they had not thought about until it got point in time where, oh, I never thought about that. Well, now is the time to think about it before you get there. Because after you get there, you're there. That's when the rope tightens, so to speak, and you start looking at it. And you have to really have your options laid out for you in front. Just saying hello. Hope you'll turn tune in again. Uh, also, uh, go on the side. Let me know what it is you're thinking about. What are your questions about retirement? And we'll get into things. I'm not going to be uh, pressing you or trying to keep you impressed about I'm having such a great retirement. Although I am, because I'm doing what I want to do. My children have grown up. They're doing their they're self-sufficient. Uh, grandpa is just somebody in their life who's dedicated to buying them a meal or whatever it is at the particular point in time. But more importantly, retire to, don't retire to expire. Retire to live and to create a life for yourself. Create activities that give you the time and the necessity for interfacing with life. And once you do that, you got a shot. Bob Bradshaw, don't retire to expire. Remember, once you wake up, everything else is optional. And uh, have a great day, great night, good evening, wherever you are. And let me hear from you and uh, pass it on to your friends if it's something that you want to do. Hope you're going to do it. It's a good life. Live it.